Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, Deed Commissioner Steve Grove on job resources available to Minnesotans in need. Minnesota State Parks offer a way out of the house amid COVID and Gopher football coach P.J. Fleck on COVID's impact on the team. But first... Someone told me this morning that they had forgotten that you can get good news in 2020. After a discouraging Thanksgiving week when Minnesota logged its highest daily number of COVID deaths to date, this week brought rays of hope even as coronavirus cases, hospitalizations, and deaths remained at alarmingly high levels. MNN's Bill Werner recaps what was mostly a good news week in Minnesota. Scott, let's begin with what is certainly important news, but might actually be the least significant of this week's developments. The latest budget forecast showed, if you can believe it, given the COVID-stricken economy, a $641 million surplus. That's a dramatic turnaround from the $2.4 billion deficit predicted not that many months ago. After a $4 billion negative swing last May due to COVID, the latest economic forecast released this week shows a $3 billion jump in the positive direction, leaving the net surplus at that $641 million. It appears a fair amount of the credit goes to higher-than-expected sales tax revenues, the result of extended federal unemployment benefits that allowed people to continue buying. State government spending has also been lower than expected. But Governor Tim Walz said the reason that this is good, because of the resiliency of Minnesotans. This is the resiliency of Minnesotans in an unprecedented public health crisis to figure out how to work in a different way, to figure out how to get their kids child care, to care about their neighbors enough to invest and spend back in their local community to make sure that those businesses, no matter how tenuous the situation were, knew that they were getting support from their neighbors and to those businesses who were asked to do things, again, that at least in 100 years, no one has been asked. We've asked Americans to sacrifice. We've asked them to ration. We've asked different things. But on a scale, a national and global scale, and and the businesses that were most impacted by this, small family-owned businesses, hospitality businesses, did it. Because what they understood was the health of Minnesotans is directly tied to the health of the economy. State economist Dr. Laura Kolumbokitis cautioned that what actually happens from this point forward is critically dependent on the path of the COVID pandemic. Timing of a vaccine and the pace of lifting restrictions on economic activity. All of those uncertainties amplify economic risks, including when and whether businesses and consumers will feel safe resuming normal activities and whether businesses that have been affected by social distancing restrictions will make it through the next year. Minnesota Senate Republican Majority Leader Paul Gazelka said about this week's pleasant surprise in the state economic forecast. Right now we have a surplus that so we don't need to raise taxes, period. We don't need to do that. And we do need to tighten our belt. He contends because of continued COVID uncertainty. House Democratic Majority Leader Ryan Winkler responded. Blanket across the board anti-tax message just makes sure that people who are already doing well, people who are rich, people who are well connected are going to be served first. On a little less positive note than the state's budget surplus, it's looking like state lawmakers, if they pass a relief package for restaurants and bars closed by COVID, probably will not do it until mid-December when they're back in St. Paul anyway to vote on the governor's emergency powers. The governor insisted there's every reasonable opportunity to get it done in the next week or so. I'm not getting any, what I feel is is pushback 
around the desire for us to do a package and get it done as quickly as possible. And I think the sooner rather than later. House Republican Minority Leader Kurt Dowd wants any legislation to also relax COVID closures of health clubs and movie theaters. But he adds, I'm not about to put an ultimatum on the governor to say, you know, we won't give businesses relief or give money to extend unemployment benefits or whatever, unless you open up health clubs and and movie theaters. The governor this week sent strong signals that he could extend COVID closures of bars and restaurants, health clubs and other venues past December 18th when his current shutdown order expires. I just think I have to be as candid with Minnesotans as possible. Our hospitals are at the highest capacity they've been. Our death rates for the last week was as high as any week in this pandemic. And our case positivity rate is the highest it's been. House GOP leader Doubt responded his advice to the governor. Let's try to figure out how to get businesses open safely. Let's not try to figure out how to get businesses closed. We're coming to the end of this thing. And, and whether that's in the next few months or not, that will be seen. But this is the time now, it seems to me, that if we could get just a little bit of digging in here. Amid the good and not so good news, what might end up being the best news of all this week? When asked how soon will the first Minnesotans be vaccinated against COVID-19, the governor said. I think we always thought that a best case timeline would be somewhere around Christmas. We would be able to start doing that. Wall says it's expected the FDA will issue an emergency use authorization December 11th and for Minnesota. Hopefully by about this time next week, we should have a pretty darn good timeline. Healthcare workers and nursing homes would be the first to receive the vaccine under federal priority requirements. But Health Commissioner Jan Malcolm said at first there will not be sufficient vaccine to cover all medical providers in the state. There are more providers in these categories than there will be initial doses. Not clear yet how soon sufficient COVID vaccine would be available. Leaders of first responders in Minnesota this week urged the governor to put emergency personnel in that top priority category for receiving COVID vaccinations. John Cunningham, president of the Minnesota State Fire Chiefs Association, stressing that the majority of fire departments in Minnesota are volunteer. Your local business person, your your family um, that is responding to this 911 call. So when you're seeing uh, a community be impacted by COVID-19, it's also you know making its way through your first response community. Cunningham says 20 percent of fire departments in Minnesota have had COVID outbreaks and he says despite mutual aid agreements, many departments' ability to respond to emergencies is on the verge of collapsing. The challenge is, is the pandemic doesn't know borders. It doesn't stop at one community or the next. Just to say that one community is impacted, it may be impacting multiple departments in an area. State Health Commissioner Jan Malcolm says federal guidance is that health care workers and nursing homes have first priority on the COVID vaccine. Our current understanding is that we are required to follow that federal framework. And even though a COVID vaccine appears to be on the near horizon, Governor Walls this week had this message for Minnesotans. My caution to you is that excitement can make it look like this thing's just about over. We are right in the teeth of it. And again, you know what we say. The math is relentless. Hospitalizations follow cases. Deaths follow hospitalizations. Scott. Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Quitting smoking or vaping can be difficult, and it can be even harder during times like these, when stress is often higher. Finding healthy ways to manage that stress without nicotine is important. For Minnesota residents who are ready to quit smoking, vaping, or using smokeless tobacco, Quit Partner is ready to help. 
Through a family of free programs, Quid Partner offers free support like one-on-one coaching, emails and texts, educational materials, and Quit medications like patches, gum, and lozenges delivered by mail. In fact, a mix of Quit coaching and Quit medications can help double a person's chances of quitting. No matter what support a person would like to try through Quit Partner, it's always judgment-free. And now that Minnesota has raised the legal sales age for tobacco to 21, residents may be looking for quitting resources now more than ever. To learn more, visit quitpartnermn.com or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. Amid COVID-19, the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development is posting a regularly updated list of the top 30 types of jobs being hired for in Minnesota. I recently spoke with Deed Commissioner Steve Grove about how this resource can help Minnesotans in need. We have experienced record high levels of unemployment this year, obviously due to the pandemic. But one of the paradoxes is there's actually a lot of firms who are hiring right now. And that has been the case throughout this year. We were trying to highlight some of those most in-demand occupations on our website, careerforcemn.com. Number one on the list is maybe not surprising, but registered nurses comes in very high. Uh, Nursing assistants, uh, first-line supervisors of retail sales workers, uh, retail salespersons, personal care aides. There's a list of about 30 occupations that are hiring just hand over fist right now. And a lot of these jobs don't require specialized training or even a specialized degree. They do on-the-job training. And so uh, it's a time when you may not think it, but there's a lot of companies out there trying to hire, a lot of jobs available, and, of course, folks who, who may be separated from their work due to the pandemic who would make great candidates for these roles. And other than a list of actual jobs, what kinds of information can folks expect to find on there? Yeah, I mean, we have a whole website that has a whole host of resources for for folks looking for work. Um, Not only does it include the data on who's hiring, but it also includes uh, wage information for those jobs, um, occupation data for that industry, and, of course, a lot of training. We do a whole host of training programs at CareerForce. Uh, We've got resume training, interview workshops, um, job seeker uh, services to help people find the types of jobs that match the unique skills that they have. So there's a lot of help out there. And I think, you know, at at a time and in a year when so many folks feel helpless, we want people to know there actually is help out there. The state government has a lot of resources for people searching for jobs, and it's really only a click away uh, at careerforcemn.com. Obviously, we're just uh, in the first day of December here, but I'm curious if you can give me a sense of what the uh, the jobless picture is in Minnesota based on uh, what we were seeing last month. How are we trending? Well, you know, we lost at the beginning of this pandemic uh, about 380,000 jobs, but have gained back now over 200,000. So we are still down on the year, about 180,000 jobs throughout the state. Um, we had an initial bounce back in the summer that was pretty quick, and then now we're on a bit of a slower recovery pace, just under a percent or so job growth month over month. Uh, we hope that picks up, obviously. Winter is usually a seasonally depressed time for jobs in Minnesota, just given the weather. Um, but again, there are a lot of job vacancies out there right now. 
obviously we've had folks in the hospitality industry in Minnesota complaining about uh, certain restrictions put in place by the governor, and we've got uh, state lawmakers contemplating a special session to try to help those folks out. If we have people or employees in those particular industries among our listeners, what would your message to those folks be, in particular those folks that are struggling? Well, if you're struggling right now because you've been separated from work based on this pandemic, we want you to know there's help. At a very basic level, we have an unemployment insurance system at UIMN.org where you can get some near-term help with a portion of your weekly salary paid out to you every week. That's important. But number two, we have opportunities to find jobs that are out there, and that's where heading over to CareerForceMN.com and looking at the whole host of open positions in the state is really important. The third thing I'd say is just you're right that we need state government to help right now uh, because these industries have had just such a bruising year. And uh, we are in daily conversations with the legislature about what a relief package would look like. Obviously, state government is not as uh, does not have as much freedom in terms of stimulating the economy, given that we have to balance our budgets. We can't go into debt like the federal government can. So I'd, I'd advocate that anyone listening to this right now, give your uh, give your congressmen and, and congresswomen and your senators a, a phone call and ask them to advocate for more help in Washington. It's desperately needed. Uh, a stimulus package is exactly what the federal government needs to do right now to help some of these businesses stay afloat through a really difficult time so that on the other end of this, they can hire back uh, some of the workers they've had to let go as our economy ticks up. And, you know, I think with the news of a vaccine coming and some optimism around that, we can begin to see a light at the end of the tunnel uh, if we just hold on and stay safe during this time. Uh, good information, Commissioner, as always. Anything else you want our listeners to be aware of before we say goodbye? No, I just ask you to, to be safe out there. You know, the, our ability to get our economy turned around here really lies in all of our hands if we can stay safe, keep socially distant, wear a mask, do all these basic things that are free and easy, and, and they're hard because, uh, people feel COVID fatigue out there, and it's been a, a long year. But, man, if everybody can, can do the simple things, we really can turn this economy around and, and speed our recovery up much faster than our neighboring states and others um, if we all work together. All right. Good information, and as always, I appreciate your time, Commissioner. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. There are 75 Minnesota State Parks and Recreation Areas ready for you to explore this winter, and Tasha Radel has all the details. That's right, Scott. You can go camping, take a nature hike, pack a picnic. Your adventure awaits, so grab a map and get outside. Joining me today is the DNR's Rachel Hopper. Rachel, I know the COVID-19 pandemic has led to a lot of uncertainty when it comes to state parks. Will there be a lot of different changes this winter compared to last year's? We are trying to um, continue to offer the same suite of recreation opportunities that we have always in the past. That was a similar approach we took in the spring and summer with our our seasonal um, spring and summer seasonal activities, focusing on providing that suite of outdoor recreation opportunities, but then recognizing that some of the services that support those opportunities may be more limited. So we're continuing that, that same approach and also 
really trying to focus in on providing access to everyone that we can. And so really providing an open and welcoming environment to all Minnesotans, but really focusing on four main goals under this COVID pandemic situation that we're in. And that's really trying ensuring that we're protecting the health and well-being of both our visitors and our staff, as well as protecting our natural and cultural resources, which by statutory um, establishment that is required for our um, parks and trails facilities. As we head deeper into the winter months, will Minnesota State Parks continue to offer outdoor winter activities? We are uh, focusing right now on providing kind of the same recreational opportunities that we have in the past. So where, um, where you have been able to um, enjoy snowshoeing or hiking or winter camping or even fat biking, um, cross-country skiing or snowmobiling or even winter ATVing, we're trying to provide those same opportunities. So we will at least provide those recreation opportunities, but the extent of them or some of the locations where they're being offered may be more limited. Rachel, you mentioned some parks may have limited service and outdoor activities. For someone wanting to know if their favorite state park is open and offering activities, where do you recommend they go just to make sure? Oh, great question. Yeah, Tasha, we've been, um, throughout the COVID pandemic, really encouraging people essentially to do three things. We kind of call them the key three things. One is that you should plan ahead. Secondly, know before you go. And then lastly, you know, make sure uh, you follow all the rules. So when we're talking about planning ahead, where you can buy your either your ski pass if you're interested in cross-country skiing or make sure that your snowmobile registration is paid for and you have your safety certification um, or that you bought your park permit before you go. Um, it also, we encourage people to make sure that they check our website. We keep the most up-to-date information on our website. And so particularly if you have a particular state park or trail you're going to, check out that park or trails individual webpage and we have up-to-date visitor alert information on it. So visitors can really know what to expect. And let's talk a little bit about winter camping opportunities. Are you currently taking reservations? We are. Um, so one of the things we've done since COVID has started, for instance, is um, we had to initially, when we had to close our campgrounds early on in the pandemic, you know, March, April, May, um, we had also instituted a new requirement for visitor safety that we were ensuring that there was a 24-hour gap between stays in any lodging or camper cabins. So we, and then we would also ensure that those uh, facilities were cleaned properly, meeting the more um, the more rigorous cleaning protocols established by CDC and the Department of Health. And so we will continue to require that 24-hour gap between lodging or camper cabin stays. And then the winter camping opportunities, we, we don't offer winter camping at all of our state parks and trails um, facilities uh, throughout the system, and we never have. So we're going to offer some similar amount. So it would only be at those places we have traditionally offered winter camping. Thanks again to my guest, Rachel Hopper, with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. 
For more information on State Park Winter Fun, head to their website at dnr.state.mn.us. I don't know about you, Scott, but I'm ready to enjoy Minnesota's winter wonderland. Back to you. Thank you, Tasha. There will be more Minnesota Matters after this. You, my friend, have connections in the government. Yes, you. USA.gov, the official source for government information on thousands of topics. And like any good connection, there's no telling where it can take you. Why, one day you're getting student loan information. Next thing you know, you need job hunting tips. Today's road construction info could have you searching for telecommuting ideas tomorrow. The more you use USA.gov, the more uses you'll find for it. Passport applications, for example. They've been known to lead to a sudden interest in travel advisories. Our new mobile apps will even update you on the go. So whether you have information to get or ideas to give your government, check out USA.gov. Who knows? Lottery results today could lead to retirement planning tomorrow. USA.gov. With the right connections, there's no telling where you can go. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The University of Minnesota football team has canceled its last two games due to COVID-19 concerns within the program. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm spoke with Gopher head coach P.J. Fleck this week and has more. Scott Fleck says he's hopeful the team can resume activities at some point soon, but he was also emotional during the conversation, feeling for his players. He says he has big concerns about the amount of criticism they've taken, almost a stigmatism, a scarlet letter of sorts, that they've done something wrong by contracting the virus at a time that thousands of other Minnesotans are also testing positive each day. Fleck says he's empathetic for his team. Well, our first message to our players is you haven't done anything wrong. Like I said before, unless you've done something maliciously, and you know that, and you re, you got to go through a series of reporting of who you've been around and things like that with the CDC and mental health or the Minnesota Health Department uh, through our trainers and everything. But uh, there, you're t- when I when, when a player that I've called uh, after they've contracted COVID-19, the emotions are pouring out of that that young person. They're crying on the phone. They have no idea how they got it. Coach, I've done everything right. I've done everything I've been asked to do. I have no idea how I got this. And now I've got to sit out 21 days and I've worked so hard for what's going on. But again, I think that's what the narrative is. And and, and that's why I'm I'm so passionate about maybe this interview because I don't like that narrative. I'm not talking about just Minnesota players. I'm talking about players all over the country. We have 8,000 people yesterday alone contracted COVID-19 in the state of Minnesota. Why are my seven at fault from a perception side? Right. I mean, right. And, and, but when you have 55,000 people on campus, you live in dorms. Okay. You have a city, 3 million people right next door to you. Right. And these kids have to be able to go grab something to eat, walk somewhere. They're all wearing masks. We're, We're doing everything we can inside our building to follow every guideline, which we're doing, but they're playing a contact sport. And just because we're testing and doing the things that we're doing and, and having the swabs and having the daily antigen testings, but is that a hundred percent fail safe? I mean, is that a hundred percent? No way does a kid have it. It's laying dormant in kids at times and it's supposed to stop it before it becomes contagious. And I get all that, but how is that 100%? What, I mean, we have vaccines that people are talking about that are 95% and everybody's going crazy. 
right? So who's to say like some of that isn't, is it part of it as well, that there are some kids that maybe are contagious that haven't been caught yet that are on the field? I, again, I'm not an expert. I have no idea. But to sit there and, and blame a certain demographic and not blame everyone else and just assume that those kids or those NFL players or those NFL athletes or athletes in general aren't doing the right thing, I think is inappropriate, and I, I think it's unfair. Uh, and because we're in this all together and we were told this is what, this is what, that's what I mean when we said we knew what we signed up for. But I think so many people look at sports for a release from this. They look at sports as I, I want to get away from this COVID talk. You know, I want to get away from this, th- this 2020 life that we've been living and they go to sports for the escape. And when the product's not what they expect the product to be, or they want to see a player that they're their favorite player, or they want their team to succeed, they throw it in the, the hat of, oh, 2020 again. They must have screwed that up too. And I think that's just – I think that's unfair. Um, th- these kids are, are getting tested every single day. What companies are having their employees test every single day, right? And not only that, get PCR tests at times every single day, two times a, a day at times, to be proactive on the top end of that which our program has started doing. So it's, again, it, it, it's, you got me on a soapbox, but it's, you're, 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 you, you feel like Dr. Fauci. Like you just, no matter what you say, you can't win. You know what I mean? Because there's going to be these people who believe this, these people who believe this. I know this, my focus and my energy and every resource we have and all of my uh, thinking, thoughts, prayers, everything is, is, has been on this football team. To, to make sure we're doing everything we can to keep them safe, give them a healthy playing environment, make sure they're educated, make sure that we're following every single medical protocol. Our administration is doing the same thing. Our doctors are doing the same thing, who are some of the best doctors in the United States of America. It's, but this is why it's a pandemic. And this is why there's 8,000 cases yesterday alone in the state. And, and there's a rise in, in the Midwest, the northern Midwest states. And there's many teams have done exactly what we've done. Okay, but again, people want to find fault. I, I, I've, I've asked, I've looked around, I can't find fault. Uh, this, isn't, this isn't about fault. This is about uh, empathy. This is about caring. This is about making, people sure, making sure people are safe. They're taken care of mentally, physically, and emotionally. And making sure that people can see you know, the forest through the trees. These clouds will break one day. There will be normal football again. Uh, there will be full rosters again. There will be people in the stands again. You might not be able to have that now, but when we don't have what we want, we tend to be negative. We tend to blame. It's got to be somebody else's fault. And, and that, this isn't a, 2020 is not a time to do that. And Heather said it best. Heather said 2020 is not the year for you to get what you want. <laughs> it's a year for every single one of us to be very thankful for what we have. As win, loss, uh, you know, uh, whether you can go to the game, not go to the game, whether you're, whether you're employed or not employed, uh, whether you're, 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 you're sick or, or you're healthy, there, there, if you look deep enough, there are a lot of things to be grateful for. And that's what 2020 is teaching us. As we said at the beginning, Mother Nature said stop. Everybody take a deep breath. And we, we've been uh, uh, somehow abusing our world for so long, somehow, some way. Mother Nature said, hold on, I'm going to make everybody stop. So everything stop. But that means sports too. 
And that means it's affected just as much as everything else can be affected. So uh, it doesn't discriminate. Indeed, it doesn't. Scott, back to you. Thank you, Mike. That's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.